We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And our next guest served for, well, I'm not sure how many years, but he absolutely served in the United States Marine Corps. I can verify that because we were classmates at the Defense Information School 20 years ago. He is Mr. Joe Chanelli, the Executive Director of AMVETS. Joe, good morning. How are you doing today? Never better, Eric. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. So how many years was it in the Corps for you? Uh, so I ended up doing just about seven years active duty. I left a little bit after uh, Afghanistan, came back in for Iraq, didn't want to miss the party. So. <laughs> yeah, short timer, seven years. I could have done seven years in my sleep. Of course, Joe has moved on to become the executive director of AMVETS. And, uh, you know, let's start off with uh, the big ticket item over the last couple of weeks. And that, of course, has been the uh, the firestorm surrounding the NFL rejecting your organization's ad for their program. Uh, it's been a popular topic of debate here at Connecting Vets and throughout the veteran community with people who support uh, what AMVETS was trying to do people who don't like what AMVETS was trying to do, uh, but AMVETS is not doing what they want to do. So what's the latest update on this Please Stand initiative and the issue with the NFL, Joe? Sure. So we continue to see tremendous support on this issue, and uh, now we, we've been receiving support from a lot of places. We really had had no uh, idea would even pay attention to this. And um, right now we have, I believe it's about 18 different TV stations across the United States that have asked us for a commercial. Uh, there was some misunderstanding, as your listeners surely know, because we've talked about this quite a bit. Um, the ad that was rejected was a print ad. So it was an ad for the game day program, the, the printed magazine that they hand out and sell at newsstands. Um, there was a lot of misconception of that it was an a actual 30-second like, type of video commercial. Uh, so we had a lot of TV stations calling us and asking us, hey, we want to air that opposite the Super Bowl, because uh, we know there's going to be a lot of people not watching the Super Bowl uh, because of this, and we want them to see this on our station. And so we actually created a 30-second PSA in, in the past week, and that will be aired all over the place. There's also a lot of technology out there because everyone realizes that uh, the majority of Americans now watch live events like the Super Bowl with their phone in their hand or their computer on their lap, and they're engaging in social media uh, and things like that. And so there's a lot of technology around that, uh, and they wanted the ad as well, so we've created that for them. Um, and the, the radio v- interviews have popped back up. Everyone's very interested in it again. Um, we have an airport shuttle in Minneapolis to put the print ad up on the side of their shuttle for free. Um, we have... Uh, someone put up on a billboard down in Tampa, Florida, and now one of the more interesting things here is we've had a number of lawmakers who have come out and, you know, they make statements like and things like that all the time, but now we have them asking for meetings with the NFL owners if they're in their districts. Um, and Jim Ursay, uh, for one, will be meeting with one of the congressmen to talk specifically. He's the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, his congressman um, took a great exception to this and wants to speak with him. Uh, Jim Mercy was kind of caught up in this 
uh, controversy about a year ago uh, when he said that he thought all the players should stand. Right. And he was uh, criticized for saying that um, he, he ended up, you know, um, coming out against the statement by the president um, earlier this year, um, which we were, were as well. I don't. The divisive language was was not positive, but uh, so Jermer has been in this for a little while, uh, and then the president, of course, mentioned this. Uh, that he didn't mention the hashtag, but he did bring up the topic of standing for the national anthem in the State of the Union on Tuesday night, and uh, that created a, a new rush of attention for this. And we've really been all over the place. The phones have not stopped ringing. Our, our members, um, you know. The, we're, we're still from our members. We're seeing about ninety-five percent uh, who are pleased with the the conversation that this has created. Uh, in general, we're seeing right now we, we've got a few different uh, media metrics out there. Um, some that have offered that for free, and some that we've already been paying for, and they are measuring at about seventy-two to seventy-four percent of uh, people who are, are talking about this are in support. Of our position, and again, our position really is that not that um, there should be anything done to the NFL or the players. Uh, again, we have not asked any of these lawmakers to reach out. Uh, they've just done this because of the news that they've heard. Um, but we do feel that this is a freedom of speech issue, and that we should have that freedom to be able to have this ad out there and be able to express our message. Which, um, for anyone who hasn't heard about it, it's just simply please stand. Uh, we had the hashtag please stand and it went trending uh three times last week we got all the way up to number three on twitter and uh we're number nine two days in a row as well so right. again this is just something really passionate a lot of people are talking about it and that's that's success in our opinion we want this conversation we want people to uh to understand and you know it helps the people who are protesting as well because their their cause you know their message is being discussed in this as well you know, when um, when you guys put out the ad and people, uh, the NFL's response was that they weren't going to air political ads. And, of course, AMVET said, well, well this isn't political. This is just, you know, a, a, our statement, what we believe, what we would like people to do. There are those that would argue that things like uh, Georgia State Senator David Schaefer filing a resolution denouncing the NFL uh, would show that it is, in fact, political in nature and that you guys should have known that at AMVET. So what would you say to someone who, who doesn't believe that AMVETS uh, didn't think of this uh, in a political way? So, uh, first, I, I'm glad you brought up the, the state senator there in Illinois. Um, Georgia, the one I was talking about. <laughs> oh, Georgia. Okay, there's one in Illinois as well who's also uh, yeah, more or less uh, censuring the NFL for um, denying our ad. But So, we're actually, again, we haven't tried to uh, engage any of these people. Um, we did send a thank you note to a couple of them who have spoken up specifically for us. Um, but we're watching what the messaging is and, and what they're actually talking about. What they're actually talking about here is the freedom of speech of us being able to put this ad in after the NFL invited us to put an ad in. Um, and, and that's that's a good a good conversation to have. And I don't think that should be partisan. Freedom of speech should not be partisan. You know, I don't know exactly how we even define political. I mean, I know it has a definition here, but uh, to me, political would be partisan. We're not trying to um, you know, support one side or oppose one side. This is simply about 
um, respecting our flag and being able to put out our position that we respect the flag and that we ask people to stand. Um, yeah, I, I get it. It's political in that there's been politicians who have, again, used divisive language. We're glad that the president, when talking about this on Tuesday night, did not use divisive language uh, in this. You know, just simply said that he more or less said he thinks the right thing to do is to stand. And unfortunately, he didn't call anyone any names or anything like that this time, which really backfired on him, I think, earlier in the year when a huge number of people then knelt to be, protest his statement. Right. So, you know, that divisiveness, that political, uh, you know, political language does not help. No, it certainly doesn't. And we're speaking with the executive director of AMVETS, Joe Chanelli, of course, that organization uh, at the center of the latest conversation regarding uh, the NFL's kneeling protests. We spoke to Nate Boyer about it yesterday. You can check out his statements uh, as the, the Green Beret, who essentially convinced Colin Kaepernick that he shouldn't sit on the bench if he was going to do something. Maybe kneeling was the best idea, but how that, that still hurts him. And he didn't like seeing it. However, uh, one of the hardest things he has to do, he says, is defending the rights of people people uh, who want to do things that he disagrees with. So, you know, it's a very interesting conversation. And as we get closer to the Super Bowl, it's one that uh, I think is going to be in the news a bit more. So uh, AMVETS will certainly be part of that discussion as it continues in the coming days. Wanted to talk to you about another thing uh, before we get to uh, some some real more some more real AMVET centric issues, and that is this teacher out in uh, California, Mr. Gregory Salcedo. I'm sure you've heard about this, where the student was wearing a Marine Corps sweatshirt. Uh, three generations of his family, apparently, having served in the Marine Corps, and he intended to, uh, is upbraided by the teacher. The kid ends up recording the video because he just felt uh, something not right was happening, and it certainly seems that most of the country uh, agrees with that young man. As a Marine yourself, as someone who's involved with a VSO and works with and for veterans every day, uh, what did you think about this whole issue out there in California? So, uh, you know, I, we can talk about freedom of speech, and we do talk about that a lot. And this gentleman has the, the, the freedom to have, his, to have his opinions on the military, and if he wants to say that we're all uh, idiots out there who had no other route in life, and to do this, and that uh, smart people don't don't join the military. That that's that's his opinion. He's allowed to have it. Uh, if he wants to go stand on a street corner and say it, you know, by all means. Um, we also believe that the school system there has an obligation to uh, t- to hold its teachers, its employees accountable for what they say. Uh, so you know, it's it's a, a balancing act there. You know, it's very disappointing and it's counterproductive for a teacher to be saying stuff like that to our nation's youth who are so impressionable. And this this brings us back to, you know, a big part of why we spoke out on the police stand. Um, you know, it's about patriotism, but Americanism, it's about ensuring that we can have a all-volunteer force you know, 20 or 30 years from now. Uh, with patriotism fading, and these are the types of things that really cause that to happen. And we see this a lot in pop culture, but you know, when we see it in the schools, and we do actually hear a lot about this in schools, and um, so that's why we have a program where we go into schools and uh, by invitation, and we talk about patriotism and about American history and about the importance of giving back and you know, doing what we need to do to be able to defend our freedoms in the American way. Um, very, very counterproductive. Um, the number of 
candidates, people who are physically and legally and mentally capable of serving the military, that pool of people, of potential recruits, dramatically decreases almost every year now uh, when we have things, we have big problems with child obesity and we have mental health issues and we have a lot more uh, kids who seem to be getting in, in trouble with the opioid crisis, things like that, a lot of reasons they can't join. And then we start, if we start degrading the level of patriotism, uh, you know, after 9-11, only 1% of Americans stepped up and decided to serve and we've been at war ever since. Um, it's we really need to focus on this. This is something that's not being spoken about much, and it's part of the conversation we're having when we talk with with people all over the country about the police stand, that it's really important that people understand why patriotism is important and why, without it, we could be looking at a draft in 30 years, which mm. nobody wants. No, that's certainly true. Uh, and, of course, with this teacher, the, the interesting thing that, that this has brought to light, and really what he did was just uh, be a jerk uh, and be insulting, be a bully, but it brought to light that he's actually been disciplined in the past, including for striking a student. So the questions of why this person was allowed to remain in the school after that uh, has certainly been brought up. And, of course, we'll, uh, you know, I haven't seen any updates on anything that might be happening to him, but uh, this, this, this teacher... I use that term very loosely there. See, well, you know, I guess he is teaching, even if he's not teaching the right things. Gregory Salcedo, uh, I'm glad that this brought to light some of his uh, his previous issues. And he's also a politician out there. City council, served as the mayor three separate times of that uh, that city out there in California. So, yeah, very fascinating thing. Moving on to something that's a little bit, uh, little bit more VSO-centric, I would say, is the VA, of course. And Joe, you deal with them regularly. You uh, speak with Secretary Shulkin on a fairly regular basis. And one thing that we've discussed on the show is this new VA ID card. Again, not an ID card that gives you uh, the ability to use VA facilities, get onto a military base, but basically just to verify your veteran status to get that free cheesecake out at the Sizzler, you know, whatever the case may be, to verify that you are a veteran for any uh, civilian veteran programs and benefits that might be out there. Uh, You were one of the original people to apply for the card. You were actually, I think, the one that let us know that, hey, the site opened up kind of very quietly last night. Of course, that site would go on to crash within 12 hours, I believe it was. Uh, it, it's back open, right? I mean, how, how confident are you that this is going to work this time? Uh, I, I think they, they've definitely stabilized the site. Uh, they've streamlined the process. I feel like it's going to work this time, although I will say the early reports that I'm seeing is that people are having trouble verifying their identity or their, mm. their service through this. Um, we we don't know yet if those are outliers, and you know, it's usually the people who are having the problems you hear from. You don't hear it from the people who it's working well for, so we don't know the percentage yet. Um, we're in contact with the VA on it, and we always want people to reach out to us anyways to let us know so we can provide that feedback to the VA. Um, it looks like a new card. Um, there's a new design. looks a little... Um, a little uh, a little uh, cleaner, and um, from right now, we're not seeing that there's a any corporate sponsorship to this. Um, again, we weren't opposed to the corporate sponsorship, but we wanted to know about the process. Right. Originally, uh, they had an Office Depot uh, advertisement on the card itself. Um, you know, so it was, we started a countdown back uh, when I first applied, Eric, and 
that was eight weeks ago. And so I'm not I'm not applying again now because according to the release, according to what we're told, if you successfully applied now, you should receive your card in early March, um, and you should receive an email pretty soon that would allow you to print your card yourself. In the meantime, um, so I'm sitting back to watch the process, see if it works. Um, also, if you had applied, if you got to the site. After it crashed, they were supposed to collect your email address and give you an opportunity to put your email address in, and they were going to email you a notification when the site was back up and running. We haven't heard of anyone who has received that notification yet, so we're looking forward to seeing how this whole process works. Um, to be honest, though, the whole thing is, to, to me, I don't know if it's all worth the uh, worth this effort because uh, the ID card is not a secure ID card. You're not going to be able to use it to get on a plane, that's for sure. I don't think you're going to be able to use it to uh, anything where positive identification is truly needed. This is yeah. more or less uh, if you want to go into Lowe's and you know receive their discount. I'm just picking out a random store that, that um, you know requires ID for something like that, but um, also a lot of state licenses. You know, I have a New York state license, and it says veteran right on the card because mm-hmm. I was able to verify then. So um, once this is all said and done, looking forward to the, the lessons learned on this. Yeah, and it's very interesting. I, I saw that it was back up yesterday uh, or the day before, and then it had a little crash because, well, that happens with websites sometimes when traffic gets heavy. I went on. I was able to verify myself through the first step, but then there's a second step where I needed to like submit a photo ID of myself and something else to verify it, um, which I just didn't have time to do. I was, I was hoping it would be a quick thing in the office. It's a little bit more involved than I thought it might be, um, where... It seems to me that the VA should have my social, and if I'm able to put my social and my dates of service in there, uh, you would think that they'd be able to verify that it was me and get it out there. But anyway, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this VA ID card. And as you mentioned, it's more for discounts. Like, as you mentioned, Lowe's Home Depot, one of their uh, big competitors there, they have like, I think it's like a 5 or 10% military uh, and veteran discount. And and I've asked about that before, and they're like, well, can you prove you're a veteran? And I had like, well, here's like my VFW uh, ID card. They're like, no, that won't work. Do you have uh, your DD-214? And uh, no, I don't carry my DD-214 around in my wallet. So that's kind of what this is for, uh, so that you'll be able to do that. So an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Separately, sure, no. well, go ahead. I was just going to say, in some of those stores now, uh, I know Lowe's, for instance, the reason they came up to me because they just sent a press release out, and they're saying absence of this card. Um, if you go, if you bring your DD-214 one time, bring it to the customer service desk, they will then give you a card that's good for the discount in their stores. No, okay. uh, so you need to verify one time. And um, my understanding is there's some other stores that are going to be looking at doing the same process. Well, that's a good thing, too. Of course, uh, the card uh, would have some value, of course, a monetary value almost because of the discounts you might be eligible for. But you got to get that card first, and nobody's received it yet. As you said, eight weeks ago that you first applied for it, so we're two months into the process, uh, and they're now saying another oh month or so for people to start receiving them. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Big thing that's going on with refunds in taxes. This has to do with service-connected disability veterans, over 100,000 of them, and it looks like they were improperly taxed by the DOD, right, Joe? Oh, that's correct. So really this law has been in place since at least 2001, kind of depending on the interpretation. Um, so they're going to go way back. Um, actually, they're going to go back to 1991. Um, 
And under federal law that was passed in 2016, any service member who suffers a combat-related injury and is separated from the military because of that injury um, is due a one-time lump sum disability um, severance payment. Um, And it's based on their rank and how many years in service they have. Um, And DOD was not supposed to tax them. And there's about 300,000 veterans who fall into this and about 130. 33,000 of them were incorrectly taxed. Mm. And so um, a relatively small number when we talk about you know, 20, 21 million veterans out there, um, but this is 133,000 veterans are going to receive a notification. We want to make sure that they understand it's not some scam because what's going to happen is the DOD, the Pentagon is going to send them a notification saying, hey, we need you to verify this information that you are this person. And if you don't verify it, DOD is going to keep your money. Uh, but if you do verify it, they are going to issue the the uh, refund, right. an additional tax refund. How do people figure out if they are one of those 133,000? Do we know anything about that yet? Uh, so they they can contact DOD directly, um, but they're asking to give every to give the Pentagon about two months here. So if you're a, among those 300,000 people, so you know if if you were injured in combat and discharged because of your injury in combat, you're going to be a Purple Heart recipient. Um, you know. It's a different kind of medical board, uh, things like that. So these 300,000 people, they definitely know who they are, um, and there's about half of them. So they, they should, if they feel that they've been taxed wrong or not, you know, if they're among those 300,000, I would certainly be watching the mail. And if you haven't received something by the middle of April is, is the guidelines that they're, then you can reach out to the Pentagon uh, directly. And, of course, reaching out to the Pentagon directly uh, may sound harder than it is. There should be a quick way to go about and do that. And one way might be to contact uh, the various VSOs and be like, hey, who do I reach out to for this? They can give you those details. As you just heard, Joe certainly has some of them now. So, Joe, let's talk just a little bit about AMVETS and the services that you provide to all veterans as well as your members. I mean, if there's something a veteran needs help with, something they want questions answered on, and they think AMVETS might be able to help them, how do they go about asking you guys? for that kind of assistance? Sure. So we have um, service officers who are on the ground all, all over the United States. Uh, they're usually based at VG, um, VA regional offices. Uh, we also have posts all over the place, and each of our posts and have service officers there. Um, our service officers at our posts uh, in most states are volunteers, but they still have gone through training. Uh, we're able to connect veterans with the different resources they have um, that are available in their communities, as well as the national resources from the VA, uh, and a lot of state-level resources as well. So um, we have we have a lot of a lot of help available to veterans, and um, you know the biggest thing, of course, is always helping veterans with their claims, their appeals. Um, that requires power of attorney usually, but we can help you walk through the process. And the most important thing here is those, everything that we do for veterans is always free. So a veteran should never have to pay for help with their claim or help receiving uh, the, their GI Bill or, or help being pointed in the right direction for a VA home loan. Those are things that we always help for free. 
And, of course, that's the way it should be. Helping out veterans is what AMVETS and the rest of the VSOs are all about. Uh, There may be more press on things like the Please Stand issue, but what AMVETS is doing on a day-to-day basis uh, is a very important and great service to the veteran community. We've been speaking with their executive director, Joe Chanelli, about a variety of topics today. Now, Joe, if people want to find out more about AMVETS or if they want to see that new PSA that you guys have put together, where can they go to do so? Sure, if they come to ambets.org or if they go to ambets.org slash Americanism, they can find out everything we have out there about we stand. Fantastic. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.